I think that when we talk about sexting, people usually are like, oh, that's unsolicited dick pics. Like, it's just, I'm sending nudes. And I think just like we've been talking about all this time about how valuable and powerful seduction is, what sexting is good for is foreplay. If you're long distance, you can also get to an orgasm with it, no question. But most of what you're doing is foreplay. And so treat it as such, draw it out, use it to build anticipation. Not saying don't send a picture of your dick at some point, but maybe don't start there. Like, you know, if you start there, there's nowhere to build to. When your mission is beyond missionary, step up your game with Liberator. Their collection of transformable sex furniture and sex toy mounts will put you in sexual positions you never thought were possible. Use promo code MANHOR and save 40% off the best-selling Wedge Ramp Combo at liberator.com. Welcome to the Manhor Podcast. Should all acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and old lang syne? Can you tell I was not in choir? Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. You know what old lang syne means? It means like for, for the sake of old times. He's saying, hey, you know, should the old acquaintance, should we forget about them? Should we never think about them again? Come on, for old time's sake, let's remember the good times. I think old Lang Syne is just like some old dude jerking off to memories of past lovers. I think it's just a guy at 11.57 p.m. just being like, man, that time with Carol was great. I should give her another call. Old Lang Syne is just a spank bank anthem. This week on the podcast, we are talking all about sexting with our guest, Elizabeth Dell. She is the founder of the Amorous app. And yeah, I know, I know that name. It probably sounds familiar because uh, Amorous is also a sponsor of this show. Slightly unrelated, but we are going to get to our conversation with Elizabeth in just a little bit. But first, a show dates, show dates, people show dates. I am getting to a little bit of a habit now. I'm going to keep my stand-up comedy dates at the top of the show notes. Show dates, show notes. You see how that goes. But I do want to let you know most imminently tonight, January 4th, I'm in Valley Stream, New York at Zaphires. Uh, Thursday, I'm in Staten Island at the Craft House. And Friday, I'll be back in Bushwick at Pine Box Rock Shop. Some good stuff going on there. Some other shows after that. But most importantly... January 27th, we got another naked comedy show at the Hacienda. And yes, tickets are now available. Ooh, very excited. I've been uh, uh, very embarrassingly trying to book this show. I am contacting comics I've known for like a decade, being like, hey, can I pay you to take your clothes off? And tell jokes, and tell jokes. But also, but you do have to tell them without your clothes on. Tickets did sell out very quickly. Uh, we, we were sold out 10 days in advance back in September. So I highly recommend getting your tickets as soon as you can. And of course, link in the show notes. Had I had a surprisingly the horny sex-filled weekend. I, 
And I don't know, call, call me a prude, but going to a gangbang on Friday night, as fun as it was, reminded me that sex, for me, sex really is more fun. It really is more gratifying with people I have some sort of connection with. I've said this a lot on the show. I tend to have to have a connection with you or I have to have a connection with the scene. And again, you know, call me whatever you want, but like going to a gangbang, uh, to me, that's just a gangbang. There's not a lot to connect to with the scene. Want me to connect to the scene? You're going to have to really spell out ahead of time. Like, what am I anticipating for this gangbang? What am I going to expect? Otherwise, I'm just going to a gangbang. No big deal. This, this concept of uh, textual anticipation and building up to an event. Actually, we do talk about this with Elizabeth Dell, our guest this week, because I think that's, uh, you know, we both agree that's definitely a key element to sexting and a really good use for sexting is building that want, that desire, that anticipation. If it's really just about, you know, applying, getting accepted and being told when to be at that bar, fine, but it's, it's starting to get not as rewarding. This gangbang was fun, though. It was one of the better gangbangs I think I've ever been to. This dude, he and I, like-minded. I like the way he did things. It's kind of like, I don't know, maybe if you were like a film director and then you went to watch somebody else's film and you admire their work, you're just like, I see what you did there. I respect that. Very consent-minded, but like not over the top. That's no longer fun. They kept it more of a like a hanging out sexy vibe at the apartment rather than this like clandestine, you know, you walk into a dark apartment, it's candlelit, there's mood music, but it's really just you're walking in, you quietly fuck his wife, and then you just be like, thank you so much, that was a great time, have, have a good one. There were a couple of funny things that happened at, 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 this, at this group sex event. Uh, for one thing, has anyone ever had to break it to a gangbang of people that Barbara Walters just died? I did. I went to go check my phone, and at the top was the New York Times notification announcing that broadcast journalism icon legend Barbara Walters had just passed away, and uh, it took everything in my external processing body to not blurt out the news while this woman was still getting fucked and sucking and all all sorts of sweaty things. I'm just saying, I don't kill the vibe at a group sex event, you know? Like, if you're in an orgy and you're not orgying in that moment, but you're in the orgy room, like, if you're trying to have small, take the small talk outside. Yeah, I remember with like me and Anna Super Slut. Y'all remember Anna? Me, Anna Super Slut, her boyfriend, and then like a couple other friends. We were trying to get the party started. And while we were like taking clothes off and, and getting the mattresses out, you know, we overheard this woman like 10 feet away talk about how her brother just got out of rehab. Not good sex party conversation. Don't know why it was in the room. Certainly should have at least been outside. So likewise, I'm keeping keeping the breaking news to myself until everyone was getting dressed. And then finally I could be like, ah, I need to say a thing that's in my brain. It was really nice when I, I hugged the, um, the I, I, I don't know what to say. It, call it gangbang recipient. Um, somebody said special guest star, but really like we were all the special guests. Her, her, she, she was the star, the star of the event. Well, yes, uh, it was very nice when t- I went to go give her a hug goodbye, and she, you know, we, she gives gives me a kiss and was like, "You really brought it." I was like, "Oh my god, thank you, thank you so much for telling me I brought it." It's just really nice when you get complimented for the way you fuck someone in the ass. You know, it's just like, I'm so happy I did a good job for you. I absolutely love the moment at the end of a gangbang or 
bukkake, when, when the lady smiles and laughs and she shouts thank you to everyone because it was exactly what she wanted. Fucking her and spanking her and spitting in her mouth and putting it in her ass and jamming cocks on her throat. We got to give her, I don't know, was it eight of us maybe? We got to give her exactly what she wanted. Laugh if you want, but I think that's beautiful. And then when I left, and then when I left, I um I, I was walking down Forty Second Street, and so for, it was like eleven thirty at night, and the Five Guys was still open. So I thought, oh, naturally, because like Five Guys is the appropriate post gangbang fast food choice. It's just like, like like duh. So I think, oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to I'll go to Five Guys. I'm walking up to the Five Guys in Times Square, and I walk by and packed. Oh well. I guess everybody else in Times Square had a gangbang tonight and the same idea as me. And uh, and then Saturday night, I went to, I went to Hacienda with uh, one of my lovers, uh, someone I've been seeing the last, I don't know, month and a half or so. Had a great time. Uh, the theme was fancy as fuck. I threw together quite the outfit on short notice because I am what some would call uh, lazy and not a planner. But yo, for like $4 at the craft store, I got like some fucking gems and a little bit of the glue stuff. And uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I sequenced up one of my blazer jackets, threw on the jock strap, bought a $5 uh, sequined New Year's Eve hat on the street, threw glitter on my face, baby. And I was, I was ready for a good time. Even taught myself how to, how to do a Windsor knot, threw that on, threw a tie on. I was fancy AF. And then I fucked my way into the new year. I didn't even know I fucked my way into the new year. We uh, we we heard cheering outside. I was fucking my date next to a threesome with with a, a friend or two of mine involved, and there was this other couple next to us, and we heard all this cheering. But we were like, "There's no way it's already midnight." And you know, next thing we know, we decided to take a little break. Someone had to watch. It was twelve fifteen. We were like, "Goddamn, happy fucking new year!" Basement of naked, sweaty, sexy bodies. God damn it, I love Hacienda couple hot women told me I was really sexy. Granted, one of them was rolling on Molly, so I'll take that with a grain of Molly. But I had a great time. I, I stayed till like 5.15 in the morning. I don't even remember the last time I'd been to a sex party till 5 a.m. Like, it was just a wild time. And why? Because around 4 a.m., a friend of mine announced that she was going to attempt to shove a champagne bottle up her partner's ass bottom first and then serve us all champagne if we wanted to stick around and like me my date quite a few friends around me we were just all like yes we want butthole champagne and yo we all watched for a fucking hour an out an hour we watched them like fist and then double fist and triple fist this this person's asshole it was it was crazy um, Andrew, who, who runs Hacienda, I like leaned over to him. I said, I didn't have to pay extra to see this. That's crazy. They had this one chick. She was like, she's like fisting the butt. Right. And, and like fisting it. And then, and then this person, they said, um, okay, now punch it. And so now she's punching into the butthole and popping out, punching in and taking it out. And then, and then they said, okay, faster. And they're going, boom, boom. Boom, in and all the way out, in and all the way out, punch, punch, punch. And they said, faster. So now she starts double. She goes, you know, she one, two, one, two, one, two. She's fucking speed bagged this person's asshole 
seamlessly in and pop out, in and pop out. And I'm not talking slow at all. This was, I mean, she she needed a break for a second. She, she broke a sweat. She was tired. I checked in with her today. She's like, yeah, my arms are sore. I have never seen anything like this. Some of y'all might have on some kinky websites of yours, but like for me, oh my, and certainly not in person. This was a sight to see. And all of this was to like work up to the point where they got like two fists in and then three fists in and then eventually and then they made this attempt to to um, shove the bottle in. And right before they went to put the bottle in, the fucking security guy comes into the bedroom. He's like, hey, y'all, it's 5 a.m. Y'all got to get going. We're like, bro, read the room. Miracles are about to happen here because the rule is like, yeah, the party ends at 5 a.m. Now, ba- back in the day, back in the OG Hacienda days, <laughs> the rule was um, in the emails, they would always say, you have to leave by 10 a.m. unless you have permission to sleep over. <laughs> and I loved that rule because, you know, I, I had this problem where no matter what time I went to sleep, my body would wake me up at an unfair hour. So like if I would get home from Hacienda at like 6 a.m., I'd be awake at 9.30. And the f- the first thought I'd have after, fuck, why am I awake, is... Somebody is having sex in that basement right now, (laughs) but no longer. Now everyone's got to be gone by five. Did they get the champagne bottle in? I know that's what you want to know. And no, it looked like they were about like two centimeters fucking away from making it happen. But now they have quite the New Year's resolution. Next year's Hacienda New Year's Eve party. Well, I hope I'll be drinking some butthole champagne at midnight. Who knows? Maybe you will be too. Okay, okay. Before I get to this week's guest, Elizabeth Dell, let's just do a quick fan whore appreciation moment. And then like, let's let's get into it. Let's get into this sexting seminar. I want to give a shout out right now to Mary Beth, maybe one of our horniest, sluttiest members of Fan Whore Nation. Ooh, girl, I hope those test results come back the way you want them. May the odds ever be in your favor. Thank you for being a member. Thanks for being so enthusiastic and sharing in the champagne room. Thanks for supporting me and making sure I'm, I can make rent. I love you for it. And you too can become a member and support the whore you love, even if you're not a horny minx like Mary Beth, on Patreon. Membership begins at just $2 a month. And frankly, you don't got $2 for the man whore with a heart of gold. You you got a couple bucks for the good boy. Am I doing a good job? Because throwing down on Patreon is the way you tell me I'm doing a good job. Your free option is to, to share the Man Whore podcast publicly on social media, but many of you have explained why you are very nervous and scared and maybe even a little embarrassed to do so. But then, you know, come throw me the two bucks. Become a member today. Support the pod you love at patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. And if you are a member, if you are an official member of Fan Whore Nation, you can join us for the next... Oh, fuck. Mm, shit. Ah, oh, fuck. I always do that. I always burn myself on the hot movie night. Yes. Was that a good one? So somebody said in the champagne room last week, they were like, I want to hear more creative ways. Billy announces hot movie night. Ah, I think I got you there. 
Uh, the next hot movie night, that is a night where Patreon members can gather together and we all watch a vintage classic porn film. We've done Deep Throat. We've done Debbie Does Dallas. We do some commentary. We crack the jokes. If you want to jerk off to it, that's cool. Just mute your mic and turn off your camera. Next hot movie night is January 19th. That's a Thursday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. We got a poll up on the on the Patreon right now to help pick out uh, the next film. So one more time, patreon.com slash podcast or download the Patreon app. Find me on there. And now for our guest this week, Elizabeth Dell. Uh, Elizabeth, she is the founder of the Amorous app. You've heard the ad read. You're, you're going to hear it again really, really soon. So I won't explain what Amorous is, but, you know, give it a try. It's fun. I've been using it as like this sole sexy communication with my lover on the Upper East Side, but who is deemed my long distance lover for now. And, um, you know, like today... While I was on uh, on my way up there, I was I was kind of in a bit of an emotional mood, and I was like, I really need validation today. Um, I I I just sent I I was texting her like, hey, here's my ETA, but in the Amorous app, I sent her a message that said, hey, I'd really love to hear the word good while I'm eating your pussy, and she didn't even respond to that, but oh, she did it. Oh, I was just like on my knees between her thighs. Every once in a while, she just moan out, good. I loved it. And and the Amorous app, I, again, the thing I like about it is um, bifurcating sexy chat with general texting chatter. I've been digging it for that. And Elizabeth and I, you know, we don't talk a ton about Amorous. We, we do talk a lot about sexting. So, you know, if, if you're into sexting, if you don't know if you're good at sexting, if you want to be better at sexting, this is the episode for you. I'm going to shut my silly whore mouth. You're going to hear uh, a couple of ad reads and, and then we're going to get to my conversation with Elizabeth Depp. As we age, our bodies are changing. Certain parts need more support than they used to. Other areas are getting a little sore faster. And that's why it's important to make sex more comfortable. And that's where Liberator comes in. Liberator has been making fuck furniture to make sex more comfortable, more pleasurable, and last longer for decades. Their best-selling wedge ramp combo gets you in the right positions just a little easier just a little bit more comfortable, which means you're ready to be in that position longer and harder. And you can get 40% off Liberator's Wedge Ramp Combo when you use promo code MANHOR at liberator.com. Or you can click the link at the top of the notes to go right to the product. Again, 40% off their best-selling Wedge Ramp Combo with promo code MANHOR. Or you can just browse around liberator.com and upgrade your sex life today. Well, explain what else needs to be fixed with this room <laughs> for optimization. Well, for optimization, for like I said, for what do you want to be optimized for uh, a one night stand or for like fun time? Or do you want to be optimized for someone who's here regularly? And I just, I, as I said off mic, I was like, I don't understand the difference because I would think that my long term relationship is also going to have the boning in it. So, well, okay. So, something that I would say is a bedside table, a lime, lamp, like a, oh, lamp, a lamp on okay. the bedside table. Because when you have 
I mean, I just think they're really nice to have for me too. I don't like to have to get up out of bed at the end, like to turn off the lights before I go to sleep. I want to be able to sit in bed and like cuddle or talk or look at my phone for two seconds. And so being able to take most of the lights down and then be in bed and then turn off the side lamp and like turn over and go to bed, that to me is the kind of thing that would be really nice for a long-term partner. But if you're thinking about somebody who's just coming over for a couple of hours and hanging, they aren't going to necessarily sleep over they're not necessarily gonna yeah, i'm a big sleepover boy okay yeah <laughs> i have long since had a strategy that you need to earn a sleepover so it's not a first thing that i do okay so in this city it's just more like i don't know i don't want to send you home at night at 1 a.m and fair you know. fair but yet again, another woman told me I need mood lighting or, mm-hmm. or in between lighting. I mean, I'm just saying it's a really nice thing to have, whether it's for other people or for yourself. As a continuation of the Charles McBee episode, folks, mm-hmm. back from the summer, what what are what are some like other like common things when you've gone to like a new person's house and you were like, bro? Mm. Well, one thing that you do really well is stuff on the walls. Okay. In my like that was always a thing where you went to someone's house and it just felt like they'd never really quite moved in uh, <laughs> or you were it was just not very adult. You were like, did you not have anything happen in your life that was worth putting a frame around? You have, you have no personality you want to <laughs> like, showcase. You have yeah. no interest you want them to know about when they walk exactly. in. Exactly. Like there's something really lived in about stuff on a wall. And so whenever I would go to if I would go to someone's house and they would just have nothing on the bedroom walls, that always would feel a little disconcerting. Like, are you going to have like ready to move? if things go sideways (laughs) it also gives like kind of dexter vibes it's like why is this apartment so empty why is it so pristine and so easily you know reversible but also fellas frame stop with the po the no thumbtacks okay a frame frame. you want you still want that scarface poster frame it it will look better (laughs) right yeah frame it and then i think when it's in a frame all the sudden that was actually the first thing you walked you walked was like i love all the framed things on your wall (laughs) (laughs) yeah not things i taped on exactly and even if it's well i mean if it's a scarface poster you put a frame around it and then it's like a piece of your history it's not the thing that i like right now and i'm like a little boy with a wall and you know also this is my Okay, actually, I was about to say my hot rod bed, but if you had like a matchbox car bed, maybe you could pull that off. I mean, this is Bushwick. Yeah. There's got to be a few around here. Yeah, if you Make frame it enough it, of a thing, then it's then it could be cool. Yeah, you frame it. It's no longer like the poster from college you keep rolling up every time you move. Right. It's exactly. like, uh, you know, like I would never disrespect Susan with thumbtacks. Exactly. She's beautiful. Homegirl gets a frame. Mm-hmm. $200 frame worth it (laughs) yeah oh i mean framing is such a racket i love having things framed but i don't know how many times i have gotten you know a ten dollar poster at an art fair and then i took it to the frame store and they were like that'll be 72 dollars to put a frame around it and you're like oh oh oh, okay that was that was not i did not think that the art inside would be worth you know 10 percent of the frame but i want the art inside framed i mean I also have things where it's a poster that I say was giving, they were giving away free at a march or something. So yeah. the poster might be free, but the memory of being there is worth a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. I have like really fun posters from the Women's March and from the 
climate march of 2007 here. I think that was in New York. Mm -hmm. Uh, So those are things that I got free, but then framed and put on my wall. Well, welcome to the show, Elizabeth Dell. Thank you. The uh, founder of the Amorous app, one of our sponsors. Yes, exactly. I have no idea when this will go live, but I hope I'm a still sponsor of the show. <laughs> Next, <laughs> That's yeah, the plan. Yeah, in a couple of weeks, I think okay. this will be out. Sweet. Yes, for Sweet. sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just I just started talking about the Amorous app uh, and how I've been having fun with a lover of mine who's quote unquote long distance, mm-hmm. not Upper East Side and Bushwick is long distance. It's 13 miles, but it's it's long distance. If you live in Astoria, I'm so sorry. Call me when you move. Mm-hmm. Uh, New York City's weird like that, where like you are not geographically far, but like you're fucking far. Yeah, I mean, I'm from Los Angeles, and there's a similar. I mean. Los Angeles just is really sprawling. So right. you can be in Los Angeles and just be very far. You can be 20 miles away from somebody and still be in the same city. But it's the same idea. You know, if somebody lives in Marina del Rey and I live in Koreatown, I'm like, I don't know that that's going to work. Yeah. Only if we want to see each other after midnight, because that's the only time the freeways are clear. <laughs> yeah. Well, part of the reason you even started the Amorous app is because like you were doing some long distance dating. Right. Was it was pre-core or during COVID? Was So it was inspired by COVID. Okay. Um, and it was basically inspired by the fact that COVID made everything long distance. Mm. Right. The person who was a mile away, if they weren't in your containment circle, they were long distance. And R.I.P. to a lot of polycules. Yeah. That were just like we're about to go monogamous for who knows how long. <laughs> exactly. And when, I, when the pandemic started, I was single. And so I had a few different partners. And none of them were really at the f- like first and primary partners. At the same time, a lot of them had their own obligations elsewhere. I was living in a building where one of my neighbors who I was taking care of a bit was 84. And, you know, I was buying her groceries and that kind of thing. And so I was just being really protective of my containment circle, especially okay. at the beginning of the pandemic. And so I was doing everything sexy with my phone. Everything was digital. Everything was long distance. And what I really wanted was sexy time with people that I knew, right? Like the thing that I find sexiest is talking to someone that I actually is a real human that I have sex with or might in the future have sex with or have had sex with, you know, that, that visceral actual other human was really exciting to me much as more than to porn. Ro- like, oh, porn. Okay. As a, I mean, as opposed to just like being on my own solo journey of like watching a bunch of porn or sure. reading erotica, like I like those things, but I find it, particularly exciting talking to a real other human and engaging around sex with a real other human. And so I was engaging with my real other humans at the same time, wasn't maybe my best self, you know, in, in the pandemic, I was really anxious. I was really uncertain. Mm. We were all in this shared apocalypse. And so I was looking for things that would make it a little easier to talk to my share to my humans okay you know i was like oh there's got to be really fun games out there things that i can do that are like sexy fun with another person so that i don't have to be the one thinking about what's a role play we could do or what's a question i could ask or like how do i get sexy with my other person and i have to come up with that every single time yeah that that sometimes can be the impediment when two people are like we're down we want to but it's just what how, how do we start because yeah. once you can get the ball rolling, the you know usually the ball is going to keep rolling, but that initial inertia is like tough. Yeah, and and figuring out 
What you start do doing I a role say? play and someone's like, oh, not that one. Yeah, not that one. Oh my God, we but, did the nurse thing last time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I used a joke like, I just can't do a hot tub at a cabin in the woods one goddamn more time. <laughs> you know, it's hard to be original if the subject is the exact same. And so I went, I figured there had to be games we could play or things that would help with that. And I went looking and I really didn't find them. Mm. And what it was kind of shocking to me that the internet was full of sex, but it was all single player sex. It was all one person. Like I could go watch an infinite amount of porn. Mm. I could read lots of articles. I could, you know, I could explore myself in a lot of different ways. But if what I wanted was to improve a two-player game, I wanted to interact with my own human. I just wanted to make that easier. I was struggling to find stuff. So, were you good at talking about your desires and such before, like pre-pandemic? Were you already good at doing that, like in person and casually when you were dating? Yeah, I think I was pretty good at that. Okay, I mean, I think that. Being good at communicating around sex is something that is a continuum. I don't think that it's a binary. Like, I don't mm. think there's a you're good at it and you're bad at it. I think that it's a progress. Like, you're, you're constantly trying to improve and get better and figure it out and learn. Um, <laughs> I had been on a journey of sort of exploring sex, exploring it academically, exploring it emotionally, exploring it with people for a bunch of years. So I think I had gotten better at it. I mean... I would think of myself as a sexting, like, I mean, I might with Amorous have t-shirts that say sexting ninja. I just might. Um, uh, you know, I was really good at it. It's just also really generative. You know, when you are, when you're telling a sexy story to someone, there's a lot of creativity there. There's a lot of energy there. And that's the point. And that's great. But it's also a really big lift. Mm. And it can be exhausting. And being the person who's always creating, because you're you're creating stories mm-hmm. together. It's really creative activity. Yeah, like it it's it takes creative juices. It takes creative juices. And if you're the and if that's a shared energy, mm-hmm. a lot of times that can feed back and forth in a really beautiful way. You know, if you're if you have a partner who is as engaged as you are, then sometimes like the sum is greater than the whole of its parts kind of thing, right? Like each one of you is generating somehow between the two of you, there's more energy than each one of you is putting in individually. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it's a lot of energy. And especially if you have partners where they're like, oh, that's cool, but I'm on the, they're much more a receiving partner. They're like, just, okay, sure, you can send me creative, sexy stuff. And you're like, well, that actually gets exhausting. Like, I I don't. And so I went looking for, hey, what are some like easy shortcuts, you know? Mm-hmm. And what are ways that I can, for instance, have some pre-written interesting questions yeah. to ask my partner. And so I'm not trying to think up in the moment what's the question to ask. But instead, I can just respond to something because responding is usually a lot easier than generating it for the mm-hmm. first time or what are ways that I can identify some desires we share so I don't have to start from well okay let me ask you do you like this do you like this do you like this also because it's no fun really to sort of 
to have a list of 20 things and have a person be like, no, I'm not into that. No, I'm not into that. That's why any any of the things online that like play around with this like kind of blind matching of desire stuff like there's it's always been like you each do it separately and then something in between is going to let you know what what clicked because hearing no is like psychologically a turnoff. Yeah. Like if you hear no enough times, like it it can fuck with your mood, even if they're totally fine. Knows knows that are supposed to happen, knows that you respect. They're still like there's a weight to that. Mm -hmm. So if like if I have to like kick things off, I don't know, like frankly, like if I have like a date situation, if I pitch like two or three ideas and their nose, I'm like, okay, I'm going to or like if I say um, if I ask somebody out who has said mm-hmm. like we I want to go out or I want to hook up and I try to make plans in snow and I try a second time in snow basically by the third time I'm going like okay I'm going to kind of put the ball in your court now yep. because like I can only hear no so many times so you let me know when you want to yeah exactly and yeah it's and I think it's exacerbated. I mean, it's true even when you're just trying to arrange, like, what's the time we're going to have this meeting? Mm-hmm. And the person keeps saying, I'm not free, I'm not free, I'm not free. It's especially when it comes to intimacy and sexuality, because that's so personal, right? We we just take that so personally, whether we should or we shouldn't isn't something, you know, I think it is a really, like, being naked with something, someone's a really personal thing. Yeah. And... But yeah, it's really hard to be told constantly, oh, I'm not into that. I don't want that. I don't want that. And you're like, okay, it's not a big leap for my brain from I don't want that to I don't want you. So I'm starting to hear that whether or not I should. I'm starting to hear that. How do I get outside of that? How do I? And sometimes you can be tell a partner that and they will hear in a beautiful way and say, okay, great. Let me come up with some ideas. But not everybody responds the same. And so... I, um, that was a lot of the inspiration for Amorous was, hey, can I create a third system? Can I create a system outside of myself so that I can figure out that we both think librarian student is a really cool fantasy and then we can text about that and I don't have to have you tell me the 15 other things that you don't want first. Right, right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, When did you first start sexting? Oh. Okay, I, I I think I actually can pinpoint this pretty easily because it was the acquisition of my first smartphone. <laughs> okay. I mean, I don't really remember doing any sexting before I had a phone that had like proper keyboard. You mean the T nine? Uh, you never sexted with the T nine? No, I. That was a that was a journey. Yeah, I had a I I am old enough that I had a BlackBerry, but I think it was my first iPhone, my first really early iPhone then I started and I for whatever reason had held out quite a while before getting my first iPhone. Same, what year? Oh, I want to say 14, 15. Wow. Yeah. I held out to 2012 and I was like I might try to like apply for a real job. They might not take me seriously with this flip phone. Yeah. Flip phones were the shit. I would be at a bar and I'd have my seat at the bar, crowded bar, mm-hmm. want to keep my seat. I have a drink there, but like I'd put my phone and my drink there mm. and I just walk and every people are like, whoa, you left your phone. Yeah. <laughs> no one's taking that. Yeah. It's no one's fine. It. It's fine. I dare them. It's yeah. $35 on Amazon. I'll be good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you had the texting limit on the flip phones, at least. Like there was, you know, you could only do like, Maybe it was 140 characters or something mm-hmm. like that. And so so you had to like send strings of texts and then sending fucking pictures. Mm-hmm. Forget about it. You had that tiny screen. 
I would, I if I got if someone sent me a nudie picture on my flip phone, I then would have to text email it to myself so I could open it up on a computer so I could like <laughs> actually look at your naked body. That's amazing. Yeah. No, for me, it was the combination of getting, I think, the first iPhone that I had and Tinder. Both of those kind of happening simultaneously for me. And so I was... You wanted to participate. And so I was was exploring this this crazy thing that everybody was talking about that all the kids were doing. And that was... Yeah. And then I remember doing... Yeah, I had a... I had a partner who I I hesitate because they were, it was someone that I had dated very briefly, almost a decade prior. Okay. And we had gone out a few times. We'd have been fun. And then it sort of didn't like, we weren't that good of a connection. So we stopped. Okay. But we had been vaguely friends ever since. And somehow with this new iPhone and with Tinder and with we connected on Facebook and we ended up starting to chat on Facebook Messenger and we for months had these really intricate sexting conversations and I don't even know that I would have articulated it that way when it was happening a decade ago because we I was just like learning this texting and like talking to people on and we never actually even had sex after that it was just we just had this sort of 6 or 8 months of really sexy conversations. But I think it was, for me, eye-opening. I mean, I've always been someone who loves words around sex. I mm-hmm. loved reading erotica since I was in high school. You know, I, that was my hack, by the way, yep. in high school, at boarding school, couldn't bring porn. But I would just print stories when I was home on break. And I was bringing because like, this, does this really count? Come on, keep them under yeah. my mattress. When I, was, I, when I was a kid, when I was a teenager, romance novels were a bit of an escape for me what like the shit they like sell in the corner of cvs uh the stuff in the corner of cvs but honestly there was like a yard sale that happened on sundays at the dirt mall near my house like the dead mall it would have this big flea market and there were these stalls that sold books and they would sell like the old um harlequin like the serialized ones that were skinny for like a quarter each. Right. And so I could just like for five bucks, I could get 20 books and I'd just get a bag of them and then I could read them whenever. And, you know, they were throwaway and then I'd get rid of them afterwards. And it was just, it was escapism, pure and simple. And so then I graduated from kind of the the romance novels that alluded to sex to mm-hmm. actually erotica that talked about sex. But kind of words and sex have been something I always loved. Yeah. But then doing that with, an actual person that I knew, like exchanging that with persons. I give this guy a lot of credit for kind of get letting me practice how to talk about sex with another person. Because I think you need practice for all of it. You need pra- you need to practice it in person. You need to practice it with lovers in sex. You need to practice it, you know, clothed over a table. Like, how do I do this when we're kind of understanding each other in a larger context and maybe not when we're in a naked context but also how do you do it on a phone yeah it's like my coach robert sala was saying in the press conference earlier today he was like look it's all about reps 
Yeah. Comes down the reps. Gotta get the reps in. Zach's gonna be okay for Thursday. I'm not believing in him. It's okay. <laughs> so nothing to do with sexting. I'm just like really frustrated with my team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta build it into your bones. What what I mean, my erotic would be the Jets winning a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh they'd be like, and do the, then you fuck afterward? Like, no, they just won and I'm really excited. That's <laughs> like, that's I enough. I am suffused with joy right now. My <laughs> whole body is sparkling. <laughs> <laughs> what what made this fella so good at sexting for to carry it on that many months? Well, I think part of it was the novelty of it, just the idea of talking about sex and kind of learning how to do that for the first time. Um, And, you know, just practicing seeing what would what would happen when we had a conversation, what, you know, there's plenty of things that you would write and then you'd be like, oh, that didn't sound the way I wanted it to. And you, you, you know, you correct yourself, you have to learn by stumbling. was also, I think, just I was enamored of this whole idea of being able to like send messages and like sit in bed on your phone at the end of a night and you know, send messages to somebody like that was not a thing I'd ever done. So it became a fun thing to do in my apartment to, you know, before I went to bed, would send some messages. Also, I was on a bit of I was kind of starting a journey of exploration. And so he became someone that I would often revisit and like we would talk about experiences Mm. he was having or I was having with other people. And so it was a fun way. I mean, it is really fun to go have a sexy experience. But there's there's actually all of these books um, about happiness and about how do we how does happiness exist for most people and happiness they talk about has basically three phases right for like a like a happy thing that happens would have will have three phases there's anticipation Mm -hmm. there's experience and there's memory and each one of them is like a different way to approach the happiness of a thing right looking forward to your birthday party or to the orgy you're planning in a month. Like there's a re- a month of real fun yeah. in that in that planning and that looking forward to it. And then there's the fun of it. And then maybe you know maybe with permission you have some pictures or you don't, but you have you have a memory of it and then revisiting that memory is a whole nother level of happiness, mm. right? And so having a friend that I could talk about this sexy experience I just had w- with was a way to like have that memory happiness again could be like oh so like i had this thing and i i met somebody who like made me squirt and like oh my god and like let me tell you all about it and he was like i think that sounds delicious you should tell me all about it <laughs> <laughs> and so it was a way to kind of you know you get another round of that fun well actually if anything my sex stories a lot of times sometimes the actual sex part i'll be condensed because it's that anticipation the build up on the date Mm-hmm. Or the build up to the with the foreplay, all of that is sexier to me than the moment I put my dick in her, mm-hmm. unless something else happened. Right? You know, like I like to, I want to describe everything at the bar on the date. I want to describe the lead up. I want to describe that first kiss. I want to describe like all the various foreplay, the taking off the clothes. Frankly, the the PIV part is the most boring part of a sex story to me because yeah. I was like. I got an idea of how that goes. Yeah. But tell me everything else that like gave it stakes. Cause as mm-hmm. you know, as a, as a, do you still call yourself a film producer? I, sometimes. Yeah. Okay. I'll, mm-hmm. uh, as a film producer, you know that like a story, like it doesn't matter if there's no stakes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like all the stuff that happens before the sex is what gives the sex stakes that yeah. make it worth a damn. 
Yeah. Gives it meaning, gives it power. Um, and I think that, you know, sex, like the physical act of sex is delicious. Mm -hmm. But so much of it is about shared humanity, right? It's about connecting to another person. It's about figuring out the ways that that person likes you and you like them. Those moments of joy being shared in some ways and finding ways to connect around that. And, you know, seduction is like seduction's delicious, yeah. right? You know, the the point of, well, the point of like, a day of fishing you may have gotten a fish, but if you're like, well, I was there for nine hours and the only piece of joy was the three seconds in which I was pulling that fish, that one fish out of the water, then that's a wasted day. There's a whole lot of the like, how am I, how am I getting better at the act of this? Mm -hmm. What's my process? How am I enjoying where, where, where I am? And that's seduction. What and was I thinking of the yeah. moment I felt the tug on the rod? Yeah. Right. Like we can make that we can draw out that three second. I caught a fish story and you could really draw it out with like whatever your internal monologue was at the time. How was it getting out there? What was your state of mind? What is your attachment to fishing? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, what does this bend in the pond or bend in the river mean to you? Like, why were you there? Like, how is it super cool that this bar with this history or, you know, we met here because we've been talking about it for two months that mm -hmm. we were going to go to this place because it had meaning to us or because there was a, I don't know, it, those sorts of things are, I remember one of the funner things in the development of Amorous and kind of when I had this idea, I went and I talked to a whole lot of people about their best sexting. Okay. I did background interviews. And I remember someone telling me a story about how they had met a couple and from their town and that there was a sort of a drawn out process of many weeks of messaging and communicating as they were kind of getting to know each other, feeling out this sort of first date that they were going to go on with this couple. But the person who was telling me this story they had a place in mind. They had an idea in mind. And so they started, they were telling this story of how this first date was going to go. And I just thought this was so cool. that They knew where they wanted to take this couple. So they were like, oh, no. So I could tell, I described this whole thing, like yeah. wove this whole tale of, oh, and then you're going to go in and then you'll go up the elevator and then there'll be this rooftop bar and then we'll sit in the corner. And I had a place in mind so then on our first date, I did that. Like yeah. I invited them to go there and we did that thing that we had been sexting about for weeks and it was so sexy. And you're like, yeah, that makes that so fucking hot because it's imbued with all this meaning. There's all of this, there's all of this fun anticipation in it. That was one of those stories that I was like, oh, genius, well played, all for it. But yeah, there's all that buildup gives things power. What do you think are some common pitfalls that people do when they try to sext? I mean, I think that when we talk about sexting kind of in the larger cultural context, people usually are like, oh, that's unsolicited dick pics. Like, it's just I'm sending nudes. And I think just like we've been talking about all this time about how valuable and powerful seduction is. I think you got to do seduction. Like what sexting is good for is foreplay. Like if you're long distance, you can also get to an orgasm with it. No question. But most of what you're doing is foreplay. And so 
treat it as such, draw it out, use it to build anticipation. That's what you're here for. So don't, not saying don't send a picture of your dick at some point, but maybe don't start there. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, if you start there, there's nowhere to build to. Uh, yeah, no, there's something to that, but let's say you, let's just say someone's like, I don't know. I'm not good with words. I hate mm -hmm. words. I'm just not good at them. I don't know enough of them. I don't know how this is. What do you tell somebody who is just like, I want to be good at sexting, but I don't know if I have like the writing skills for it. So I would say there's, I have advice for someone who wants to be doing sexting with writing and how to get better at it. Okay. I also have advice that is just, it doesn't have to be text, right? That I think that there is, there are great ways that you can do digital intimacy. You can do sexy chat on an, with a phone using pictures, mm -hmm. using leaving each other voicemail messages, you know, sending each other short videos. There's things you can do that are not text based that can be really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, keeping the same advice of seduction, you know, I am a real fan of doing a photo series over a course of a night with someone and I'm like, I'll send you a picture of my toes and then maybe it'll be a foot and then an ankle. And like, let's see, you know, maybe I'll move my way up the leg. Like there's, there are ways to seduce mm -hmm. with, with pictures, with voicemail messages, with, you know, starting small, starting, you know, all those things. And I think that we porn, like, listen, I'm a huge fan of porn. I enjoy watching it. But I think one of the troubles of it often is you cut really deep in the scene. Mm -hmm. Because that's what's interesting to the most people is getting as close to sort of climax as possible. But when you're actually the person experiencing it, mm -hmm. I love the teasing. I love the drawn out, like slow removal of clothes, the like, you know, getting amped up, getting all of that. And so remembering like when you're sexting, this isn't performative for the world. This is this one other person. And so your job, like the thing you're there to do is to turn each other on. And so mm -hmm. finding that rhythm and what's the, le like what's the drawn, like what's the way to seduce them? That's the thing that you're looking for and take the time that it needs. Cause honestly, that time is probably just going to get, you know, raise those stakes higher and higher and higher. Um, but if we're talking about text, yeah, you and I, earlier in this conversation talked about how we got good with words and a huge part of that was reading sexy stuff yeah. right getting familiar with how words are sexy and so that could be reading erotica that could be practicing sexting with other people that could be but listening to a sexy story at bloomstories.com with promo code manhorp just happens to <laughs> just saying fit. just saying yeah <laughs> you train your mind with bloom stories so then you can do your sexy sexting better on amorous i yeah. that's just how i like to do things totally <laughs> i i know a bunch of people that listen to sexy stories mm -hmm. you can read sexy stories those they help you understand, like, what are words that turn you on? What are synonyms for cock? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then I'm a huge fan of paying. I mean, really, when you're sexting with someone, mm. everyone's different, right? There are some things like taking the time to draw out a story is probably going to work for most partners. But every partner is different. So pay attention to that person. Mm. If that person uses the same phrase 
a bunch of times to describe like their response. Like they always say, oh my gosh, I'm so hungry for you. Like that's a, that's a term they like to use. Repeat it back to them because clearly that's how they think of themselves yeah. getting excited. So if you use that word with them, they're going to get excited because it's going to feel like you really understand their arousal. Mm-hmm. Right? When someone uses phrases that you think are hot to, repeat them back. You know, yeah. you twist them a little but you that that sort of thing is about how you connect to someone. I'm hungry. They say I'm hungry for you. You say I want to drink you in. I don't know. Yeah. Like you find little they you get exactly. go, literally sometimes I've sexed and gone to synonyms.com. That is okay. <laughs> is not totally. cheating. Like throw, you know, if you're just like I've said throbbing three times, go get some extra where yeah. there there's <laughs> it's it's there's no shame in it. No shame. No shame at all. And I mean, it, this is about having a good time and having your partner have a good time and you have a good time. So as long as that's happening, you're doing it right. Where do you think this fascination with sex and the words around sex originally came from for you? Um, I think, well, part of it is that um, I think sexuality and kind of, you know, human reproduction has been part of my life, all of my life. You know, it's a funny thing, but my my, my mother's a professor of reproductive health. So okay. I have always been the kid on the playground who was, you know, oh, no, 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 that's not how babies are made. Let me <laughs> tell you the actual truth about how babies are made. You know, so I've always been the friend who knew that stuff, the friend who could, you know, knew the biology, knew the things. You were when like the teachers were like, Elizabeth's telling the kids about the clitoris again. <laughs> We need to have a discussion with her. Um, can you uh, rein that in a little bit, please? Uh, but yeah, I was the girlfriend in the bar at 22. And it's like three beers in going, no, 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 let me get a napkin. That's not what your insides look like. I'm going to draw it out for you. I'm going to tell you how it works. Mm. And so I think there's always been a fascination. That's always been a thing that I was, I liked and I was interested in. And then I've always been fascinated with people. I love people. I love humanity. I love the ways that we connect, the ways that we tell stories to each other. My entire film career is about telling stories to audiences. Mm -hmm. And I really think that Amorous is in many ways just an extension of that. But now I'm helping people tell their stories one-to-one to to each other, but giving them the, the tools that I've developed. I love... Yeah, I just love connection. I love how people share themselves with other people. So what I'm hearing there, though, is I'm not hearing any installation. Mm. I was like trying to get through the word before the burp got out, and it just <laughs> fucked up the word. I got to instill. I don't. Yeah. Uh, I I'm not hearing an installation of shame. No. From when you were a kid. No. Nope. And it makes me wonder. I'm like, if we stopped installing, you know, giving kids shame, because you, know, you give kids shame. Kids aren't born being like, yeah. sex is weird. You know, it's like, yeah. w- would we all just have this fascination and comfort with and enjoyment of? Would so far more of us have that if we didn't have someone, um, you know, above us as a kid saying, like, you're not supposed to yeah. be happy about that. You're supposed to be, you know, scared of it. And, you know, it's an interesting phenomenon. Where'd you grow up again? I grew up. In New England. No, okay. Um, it's an interesting phenomenon because I really don't have a lot of shame mm-hmm. around sex. It's something that I have just never... Uh, it's really, I mean, I've had 
more or less comfort talking about it. I mean, I've certainly gotten more comfortable, like even more comfortable as my world has gotten wider and I've explored on my own as I've built out Amorous. I'm more comfortable. I have more words to say. I have more things that I know something about. But I've never particularly been ashamed of sex. That's Mm. not a thing I grew up with. It's not like I didn't have a church that instilled that in me. And it is an interesting idea because I... I also have never, I mean, and this is just me, like I've never find, found sort of erotic power in shame mm. as a result. I like, I've like humiliation or like play that engages with that has just never been particularly interesting yeah. to me. And as someone who is a complete nerd about sex, there's an aspect of me being like, well, that's too bad because that's, there's a lot of erotic power in shame yeah. that I'm just like, no. Not that humiliated. Like, sorry. Nope. I'm not that kind of submissive. <laughs> like, like that's just, you know, being called names is just sort of like it it I'm like, I I don't particularly like that, but it does there's no charge in it, really. Right. Um and and there's a little piece of me that's like, well, too bad. That's a thing that for me, I just it isn't a button that I have. Um, but I have others, so it's fine. Okay. We we are all our own unique little poppy seeds, uh, unique little sunshine, sunflowers. What uh, what other tips would you give somebody for bettering their sexting text space with the mm-hmm. words? Because I yeah. think that's where people are most hung up. I think folks like if we're doing the audio visual, if they're doing some of the talking with the little mm-hmm. talkies, which I fucking love the talkies. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's a great just tools when you can like have a little like just hold down and mm-hmm. say some fucking thing because now you can add the voice to it but mm-hmm. i think a lot of people get hung up and intimidated by oh no they're gonna find out i'm a shitty writer mm. okay so i have one like silver bullet like i have one thing that i actually do workshops on sexy chat and this is always the thing that i'm like if you remember nothing else do this ask questions Questions are the best tool for mm-hmm. sexting. And questions can be big general starter questions like, can I tell you a sexy story? Mm-hmm. Can I tell you a sexy dream I had about you? They can be really specific questions like, oh, you just told me you like your neck touched. How do you like your neck touched? Mm-hmm. Right? It can be diving deeper and if you're on the receiving end don't just be like well i like it being touched on the side of my neck give us a little more yeah give me a little how do, do you like it soft do you like it rough do you want to be grabbed on your neck do you want to be caressed on the neck yeah. is there do you want a little bit like a like a like nails going down from like mm-hmm. the middle of the back of your skull down until we get to the nape of your neck and then there's i don't like to give juicy juicy more, details give me some are fantastic more. and it's not but like you don't have to fabricate it like mm-hmm. you do have there is a preference you have for that that you're not even probably conscious of. You probably don't think anything past, well, yeah, no, the location. Like, yo, I like it when there's like a hand wrapped around my neck. But you don't, like, you know how you like to have your neck grabbed. Mm-hmm. But you've probably just never been asked to explain it. Right. But, and and that can be a both getting better at like there's getting better at explaining it and then there's you can help someone along that way that if someone says i love to have like my neck is super sensitive you could say is it the side of your neck or is it the back of your neck you could say i would love to do that like how about if i 
you know, scrape along the base of your hair mm. with my nails and then draw my nails down the back of your neck. Would that be sexy? And then someone might say, oh, that would be. Or actually, I really love it super soft, like almost yeah. a tickle. Like a tickle is what's really good for me. Mm. And then you're kind of giving them the tools. But when you ask questions of people, you inherently say to your partner, your answer is important to me. And I think the best thing you can do in good sexting is be paying attention to your partner, mm -hmm. is saying, what are you saying to me and how am I understanding that? How am I telling you that I'm hearing you? How am I, how am I making sure that you, that I'm in this with you? And that, like, when you ask a question about something someone just told you, you are inherently saying, I was paying attention because I'm asking you a question based on what you told me. Mm -hmm. And so I think what you're telling me is really, really important. And so that's that's why I say a question, questions are really ninja yeah. because they require that you be in it. And that's the thing that makes sexting the most delicious. Because you, you don't respond to when they answer like, how do you like your neck touch? You don't just say like, okay, mm -hmm. yeah, thumbs up reaction. Right. Kayla, if you are listening, don't, I know I, I like, I do reaction hold downs, but per, okay. Sorry. I'm just getting <laughs> self-conscious for someone who's not here because I'm anticipating like a, a fuck buddy of mine making fun of me for saying that right now. Mm -hmm. um, sorry. That happens sometimes. Yeah. I talk to people who are not in the room, which mm -hmm. is me and my therapist issue. So, <laughs> well, and you know, putting a thumbs up on something isn't a terrible thing. You're responding to what they said. Sure, but like, don't but leave it. But yeah. don't leave it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> sometimes you have to be like, bro, you're leaving me hanging. On if that the then is the mic drop, then uh, yeah. Well, like, like I say in the ad read, uh, like, what I something I do like about having an app like that, you know, like Amorous, is that. Uh, I can kind of keep it to there because mm -hmm. I'm not always in that headspace or I'm mm -hmm. driving or like I can't engage in your sexting right now. So, so long as people have some patience, so long as we're not in a, hey, I'm jerking off right now. Like, can you please sex with me right now? Mm -hmm. When I see the amorous notification pop up and saying I have a new message from her, I engage with it when I'm ready to engage with it. Mm -hmm. And even if I'm still texting her. It's just more like I'm texting you because this is my, where yeah. my head's at. I'm going to go into that app where I'm ready to like get delicious with you. Yeah. And when I'm ready to get delicious, you'll know because you'll get the notification from mm -hmm. the app. Yeah. And yeah, it's also really fun because sometimes when you're not ready to engage, you can get the notification and be like, oh, well, I can't respond to that for an hour. But for the next hour, I can like. I wonder what they said. My spine can be a little shivery. I can be wondering. Mm -hmm. I can be anticipating. I can be looking forward to it in a way that when someone just sends me a thing, especially if it's not the right time and someone sends me a sexy message and you're like, oh, wait, I'm looking around. Did anyone see my like, did anyone see my phone when that happened? Oh, my goodness. I'm getting scared. And the last thing you want to do is have a sexy message evoke a fear response when what you want is it for it to have it be delicious and fun mm -hmm. this episode is brought to you by paramount plus get in loser mean girls is now streaming on paramount plus join katie heron as she meets the plastics and tina fey's new twist on the modern classic get ready for more of the rumors backstabbing and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises rated pg-13 wear pink and head to paramountplus.com to try it free what it was uh, was the family think about your your new endeavor? <laughs> they all think I'm a little crazy. They're um, like it could use more Keanu. Yeah, 
Yeah. I yes. liked it when you were doing stuff with Keanu. <laughs> that that was a little bit more fun for us. <laughs> but um yeah, no, it's adorable. Like my my whole family is supportive of this. And it's now hilarious that they'll they'll sort of bring up like, oh, I was reading of the paper and it had a weird sex thing in it. So we thought you'd be interested. <laughs> my mother's like, there was an article about relationships and sexting in the New York Times. I'm gonna cut it out and send it to you. <laughs> mm, okay, okay. It's hilarious. It's awesome. What's uh so what's the state of Amaris right now? Like what's going on with the app? What's coming up next with the app? Amorous is great. We are growing and growing, which is awesome. We are over 8,000 users, which is something I'm super excited about, especially because we only launched the end of last year. So it's kind of the first year of our lives. It's just been like, whoa. Okay. Um, we're next year is a bunch of new stuff. One of the things we're definitely going to do is start charging. So we're free at the moment, but we'll start doing now, subscriptions. Um, we're also going to work on an Android version because right now we are iOS only. So we're only available for Apple devices, okay. but we'll be doing Android next year or in this coming year, I should say. And then a bunch more games. That's the other thing is, you know, the whole idea is here's like private sexy chat that integrates with games. So you can kind of use the games to get more sexy together and talk more and then go back to the games and then book back to the talking to each other. And that's kind of how amorous works. And so we've got more ways to have fun with games. Right. And just to clarify for everybody, if they haven't picked up already, th this isn't an app where you're meeting. This isn't connecting you with people to sex with. Right. This is like a tool for a relationship, not something to find you someone to get off with. Yeah. So we actually have no matching. Right. Like you can't go on and find sexy people or find new strangers. Right. You send somebody your personal link to link, you yep. know, your accounts. Together. Exactly. Right. So it's, you know. That can be someone that you like have been together with for 30 years and you own a home. That can be someone who is a long distance, occasional casual lover. Mm -hmm. That can be someone that you really enjoy talking to on FetLife and have never met in person. Um, but it has to be a person that you can send your invite to and say, I want to connect to you and engage on Amorous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and where can they go? Elizabeth, to find more of you, find more of Amorous, find more of what y'all are doing. Uh, our oh, website. Hold on, hold on, before we, wait, actually, before I have one. snark for our website. <laughs> oh, am I? Wait. You did in the ad. Oh, I did? Oh. You were like, oh, you remember those dot nets. <laughs> no, it is a dot net. I'm just, I'm, I haven't been on dot net in a minute. Look, I got, I got none because mostly because Billy Senior good. has every iteration of BillyPresida.com. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm probably going to be a dot net baby at some point. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, and I got a couple questions from our uh, Ask the Guest channel in uh, the Champagne Room. This is a uh, channel available to all my Patreon members where you all get to ask questions of uh, my upcoming guests. And so if it's a bad question, it wasn't mine. If it's a good question, I wish it was. So uh, this first one comes from Punctuality. He asks, with tech progressing, uh, where do you see sexting in 10 years? Oh, I think we, I think sexting will probably be more multi-channel. And what I mean by that is, you know, coming in all of the ways, whether that's video or voice or text or images, that that will all be kind of integrated. Mm -hmm. I also think that 
you know, as we are all getting more aware of surveillance technology and more aware of surveillance capitalism, kind of this idea that, you know, if you are not buying the product, then you are being sold as the product, that there will be more of an awareness that, hey, the things that we want to own our privacy around, we need to pay for. Mm. And so that, you know, say a channel for sexiness, like that that's a thing that I should be paying for to ensure that my desires aren't being shared, sold to the world, that my, you know, my attitudes or my thoughts or my, you know, we on Amorous never read, never share, never sell anything that you write. But I don't know if I would trust Meta to say the same thing. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Amorous is like uh, encrypted or so I'm not good with tech words, but yeah, we are. I mean, yes, we are encrypted. That's absolutely we are encrypted in transit and storage, all of those things. So it's safe to like if I want to play the puzzle picture game where mm-hmm. I I upload a nude and it turns my nude into a pu- jigsaw puzzle mm-hmm. for my for my friend to try to figure out it so she self. can see the yep. nude uh, that that's that that nude's not going to leak out in some sort of weird no. thing. And even more like we do encryption. Absolutely. But there's more than that. We do a bunch of things. We have a bunch of features that are specifically around sexuality. Mm. So what does that mean? We have a consent feature that you can always revoke consent on anything you share. So if you sent your friend a nude and they got it as a jigsaw puzzle and they solved it and then they had it. And then after a while, you were like, I'm not sure I actually want you to have that nude. I don't really want that one in the world anymore. Yeah. You could delete it and it would delete on both sides automatically. Amazing. And that's because since you're the one who sent it, you can always unsend it. And that goes for any picture that you share. That goes for any message that you share. There's other things like if you are in Amorous and you take a sexy picture with our photo, with our, with our camera app and you, with, you know, with our camera inside the app, I should say, and you send it. It's not going to sync to your photo stream. So you Mm. don't have to worry about it being in your general photos or if you're someone who has multiple Apple devices that it might sync across that and you have to worry about hiding it. There's just a lot of ways that when we talk about sex, we want certain protections around our things. And we at Amorous, since this is what we're here to do. We're thinking about it from day one. How do we how do we have screenshot notifications so that if you send something and someone tries to take a picture of it, you'll get a fun little message to both parties that says, hey, a screenshot just got taken. Time for a chat about consent. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. So, you know, this is a home for your sexy stuff and it stays in this home and doesn't go spreading somewhere else. If it goes more multimedia, is it still sexting then? I mean, yes, sexting is sex and texting, but I think that we don't call it like sexy photoing. So I sort of feel like as we expand to voicemail, whatever, it's all in the same vein. And then this other question comes from Chuck. Uh, Chuck asks, are there any cautions to share? And this kind of plays into what we were just mm-hmm. talking about, but any cautions to share about the intersection of tech and relationships? Yeah, I would say, well, I would have two things that I would say. One, I would say there are some just general rules of the road to be careful about relationships. And I would say, especially if you're starting out, like be aware of what you're sharing. You know, if you're sending sexy stuff to a stranger, 
maybe don't put your head in the maybe don't put your photo and your naked your head and your naked body in the same picture or be thinking about if you're not using Amorous, what other platform are you using? What are the safety precautions on that platform? What are, you know, can you delete that photo? Can someone take a screenshot of that? Is that going to be sent with a bunch of uh, like geographic location information embedded in those pictures? Um, And so I think those are just some basic stuff. And then I would also say personally, I think of sexy conversation as, you know, good food or good wine, right? If you're not enjoying it, there is absolutely no reason for it to be happening, right? It doesn't matter if someone tells you this is very fancy wine that you're supposed to like. If the act of drinking it tastes gross, don't do it Mm -hmm. because no one else is drinking that wine but you. And the same thing goes for sexy chat. Like if you're engaging with this with someone and it doesn't feel good, don't do it. The whole point of this is that you're turning yourself and your partner on. And so if that's not happening, it's not that you're doing it wrong. It's just then you shouldn't have to do it. There is no obligation. This is a very private thing that's either full of joy or if it's not, then don't don't worry about it. Do you think tech could right now there's a <clears throat> like let me put it this way you you call somebody on the phone, especially if they're like under 40 or mm-hmm. under 30 like they're like is, is everything okay <laughs> yeah like are you I, I call i call the the main person i'm on amorous with like i also tend to call her just because mm-hmm. like i'm partial it's partial laziness i don't want to fucking use my thumbs right now mm-hmm. i want to multitask and so, so, so in the beginning i would call and she'd be like are you okay i'll be like yeah i just thought i'd call you yeah. uh and she's like oh that's sweet and mm-hmm. which everybody calling people is sweet do it more mm-hmm. but do you think there might become like any kind of uh, the way tech is going any over reliance on relationships being on the phone i mean i think it's or is that even possible? bad i'm, I'm phrasing no, no. it like it's a bad thing because i'm old but like i think it's possible i think I'm a really big believer of in-person relationships also because that's what we're designed to do really well. We communicate so much in the nuance of the tone of our voice, the tilt of our head, the eye contact. Like we are really good. How's my head tilt right now? It's, it's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Um, we connect with other faces and that, you know, that comes from like our first moments on the earth as a newborn baby. We look up at the faces of our parents and we start to learn to read them. And we do like, we are best at in person with most people. And so I think the more distant we get from that, especially with our most important relationships, the more distant those important relationships feel, the more disconnected we feel from people. So That being said, I don't want to discount how important it is to be able to find a tribe. And sometimes if you grew up in a small town and you're LGBTQIA or you're just like pretty sex positive, you might be the only person in that town that feels the way you do or the only person in that town that like obsessively loves that band that you love and feeling really outside the tribe is not good for us either and the our technology is a way to connect with a tribe even when they're not in person there's something so beautiful about the way technology has allowed us to connect across the things we love and the ways we define ourselves even when it's not geographic so 
which is a really long way of saying, I don't know which way it's going to go. I hope we all stay in person because I think bodies are glorious. and yeah. I think we should stay being physical bodies with each other. But if I can help people do that better because I gave them a space to explore their desire, maybe from a place of a bit of safety, I think sometimes through your phone, talking about sex in sexting can be a great way to process a new idea without trying to do it in person with someone when someone might be like, well, does that mean you want me to do that fantasy? And you're like, no, no, I just, I just want to think about it. I want to share it. I want to figure out what words I use for it. So it can be an amazing tool. And that's not an answer one way or the other. <laughs> I, I do have one final question because you're film and uh, a recent episode. I, I asked this. When you go to a concert, they say mm. you got to fuck the drummer. Okay. Right. They say you get you, if you if you're gonna bang someone in a band, you bang the drummer. That's what you do. Oh, uh, okay. It's, it's what I'm told. All right. Uh, by people who fuck people in bands. Okay. On a film set, who's the drummer? Who do you which oh. role? Who do you have to bang on a film set? Oh, that's fascinating. I have never been asked that question, nor have I ever thought about <laughs> that question. Uh, so I will tell you, as the producer mm-hmm. on a film set. I, You're like not me. I don't no, it's one. Well, yeah, rule one is it's not me. Like, and it, it is never going to be me because I'm the person signing everyone's checks, and so like I got to stay out of the fray. Uh, and in fact, it's a whole process on a film set that I usually have a, someone in my staff, like in the production line, where I'm like, okay, it's your job to know who's banging whom because there's always that. Oh going wait, on. really? Yeah. And I'm like, it's your job to understand the interpersonal relationships that are happening on a film set because they will probably be influencing what's happening. I do not want to know. I do not want to know until the absolute last minute when I have to know. If there becomes that moment where I have to know because the relationship between the makeup artist and the grip is now going to like blow my set up, then tell me. But but until that moment, I want absolutely no knowledge of it. Kira did say she did her answer was not this but she did say grips are the fuck boys on the set they're they're the community dick on set <laughs> i think is what she said huh. okay <laughs> <laughs> but who, who do you think is the uh the the dope in bed role oh uh the dope in bed role huh that's an excellent question i the, she, the answer, okay, the answer that comes to mind immediately mm-hmm. is your stunt team. Interesting, yeah. These are people who live a life of the body. They may or may not be interested in having sex with you, but these are people who know how the body works intimately. And so if they're going to be good at it, they're going to be good at it. That's a great answer. That's really good. Because people say it's the drummer because, you know, like the fingers. Mm. Okay, so that's interesting. I didn't know it was the drummer because the, the fingers make sense. I, think I just thought it was because the drummer's thing. the crazy one. Yeah, like that's the what drummer's I the too. like balls out crazy one in a band. Full stop. So yeah. I was a little intimidated <laughs> by like, you should sleep with the drummer. I was like, uh, okay, like if well, you need the, you know. The yeah. crazies are sometimes the best. <laughs> like, I mean, and, and if what this is is a challenge, then, you know, you, Everest would be the drummer, probably. Okay. <laughs> okay but now now elizabeth where can people go to find you follow you uh and check out amorous yeah so you can always check out our website which is a-m-o-r-u-s amorous.net uh you can find us in the app store same way 
A-M-O-R-U-S. And you can find us on socials. Everything is at Amorous App. So just A-M-O-R-U-S-A-P-P. That's all of our socials. You can find us everywhere. Uh, Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for making time to chat with us. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody? All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. I hope you check out the app. And thank you, Billy, for letting me talk about sexy stuff with you. Call your lovers, people. Do some phone calls. Use your voice. Stop being so fucking nervous and anxious about a phone call. When someone calls you, it means they care. It means they were thinking about you. And you shouldn't be so confused by it. I can't think of a better time for you to jump into the conversation in the champagne room. Tell us about your sexting. What'd you think about Elizabeth's tips? Maybe you want to share some screenshot examples to see how you can do better. The Champagne Room is a wonderful, accepting, inclusive, sex positive, and, and might I throw this one out there, a little important, fun Discord server. A lot of the sex positive spaces, they can be just, it, it, it's nice there, but it's not always that good of a time champagne room we're getting our rocks off every month we have an award i give out uh where i cover someone and come so to speak introduce yourself today at manhorpod.com slash discord need some advice you got comments about the show you want to hear me read out loud you got complaints that you want to hear me read out loud shoot me an email at manhorpod at gmail.com but my email address, uh, my social media links, my show dates in the show notes always. Go in there, click on all the stuff. And the most important link, at least, you know, to me, uh, is Patreon. Vote on our next movie selection for Hot Movie Night at patreon.com slash podcast. It's the best way to support the show. And frankly, you know, again, if, if you're not willing to share the show publicly privately give me money five dollar and up members are getting a uh uh we're just gonna say a, a a deep bonus episode tomorrow featuring me and myself and uh you know my struggles with with feeling like a disappointment all right everybody new year new you new attempts of shoving stuff up your butt Make sure it's got a flared base or someone is very confidently holding the other end of that bottle. Y'all stay slutty.